Hey everyone, this is Josh Peak, and I am the host of The Josh Peak Show. In this episode, I interview Mark and Matt Dodgen, brothers who own Nearfall, which is a uh, apparel company in the wrestling industry. It is awesome. And uh, these two guys used to be phenomenal wrestlers and have taken their uh, their drive from the wrestling mat right into bi- in the business world. So you're really going to enjoy this. Uh, two great guys, good friends of mine, Mark and Matt Dodgen of Nearfall. Thank you. Hey everyone, this is Josh Peak. Welcome to the Josh Peak Show. Uh, I'm your host, and uh, we always interview interview entrepreneurs and and people uh, sometimes who have had a wrestling background as well. And today I'm excited. I've got uh, Matt and Mark Dodgen on the call. Uh, they're the owners of Nearfall. Known these guys for a long time. We go back a long ways, uh, around the same weight when we wrestled in high school and college. And so uh, I'm excited to have you guys on. Hey Mark. Hey Matt. Hey, what's up, Josh? Hey, Josh. Hey, guys. <clears throat> well, so, you know, uh, I've wanted to do this podcast with you guys for a while now, and I know we've been going back and forth, been having a busy schedule. Uh, and so we finally get together here, and I think this is going to be a good this is gonna be a good podcast um, because you guys, you know, n- number one, are the interesting dynamic. You guys are twins. You come from a, a wrestling background, but now you guys own your own business and been pretty successful at it. So, um so let's just start from the very beginning. Um, where, where did it all start for you guys? I mean, in what age did you guys start wrestling? Hey, we started wrestling when we were four or five years old. I can't remember the exact age. I mean, we were 39 and 42 pounds, if that can tell you anything. Wow. That was the first weight. So it kind of, we've never not known wrestling. You so know. were you guys for originally from... I mean, you guys wrestled in Ponca City, uh, Oklahoma. Is that where it started, or did you guys – are you from Texas originally? No, we're actually from Amarillo. We grew up – we were born in Amarillo, and we grew up uh, up until, you know, we're 13 years old, and then we moved to Ponca um, when we were 13. But, yeah, we kind of grew up in a a wrestling family. Both sides of our family are wrestling. Um, Our dad, you know, wrestled – since he was a little bitty and he was, uh, he had success and he wrestled in college. And then on our mom's side of the family, they're actually pro wrestlers. Oh, wow. Well, don't know that, but yeah, a lot of people don't know. And it's pro wrestling is a different, you know, obviously animal than amateur wrestling, but we grew up with, uh, our back, our grandpa's uh, house had a pro wrestling ring. Well, that's um, interesting because my first, one of my first business mentors is cowboy Bill Watts. who he owned, um, Mid South Pro Wrestling, in, but then there was the Von Erics and some other guys in the Texas territories um, yeah. that that were pretty big names. Oh yeah, we know we recognize the Von Erics for sure. That's cool. Like Terry Fong, my like that that was their, like our grandpa's era. Like they know, I'm sure. Like they, my uncles and all them know them too. I'm sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Bill taught me a whole lot when it comes to marketing. I mean, I you know I went to school for marketing, but I really learned a lot from him. I think I learned more in marketing being outside of the university than I ever did in the university. Um, but anyways, um, so you guys moved to Ponca City, uh, 13 years old, had a pretty good career. I mean, I remember you guys wrestling at the 
Bobby Lyons tournament the Sand Spring and in Sand Springs and also at the Pulpit. So I saw you guys around a lot. You guys were usually around what, one nineteen, one twenty five, one thirty? Yep, that's right. Yeah, that's it. Twenty five in, in high school for me and in college. And I wrestled thir- one thirty. So um, yeah, yeah. I mean, really, moons ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, moving from Amarillo, like, because really, we grew up in the Maverick Club, which is there's quite a few good wrestlers that came out of the Maverick Club, but um, we kind of hit. Um, we, we our dad could kind of see, you know, Oklahoma wrestling was kind of where it was at, and Texas wrestling at the time wasn't as tough, so we were, we were kind of at the pinnacle of what we could do in Texas. And dad was like, man. He knew that he had something had to change, especially for our wrestling evolve. So, our dad moved us to Oklahoma mainly because of wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, so when we did get it to Oklahoma, it, it was a couple of years. Of, that it was a shock. There was a buffer period, yeah. but I mean, we had to adapt, man. And you know, we had our success in Texas, and we came to Oklahoma, and we worked. We weren't winning every tournament, you know, right off the bat. We're getting thirds and seconds, and you know, but which is okay. But yeah, it was good, but it, it was just. You know how it is, man. Oklahoma it lives and breathes wrestling, which is that's what we love yeah, about it. Yeah, we love Oklahoma. Yeah, it's it's a it's. I mean, obviously the pedigree is here, and and uh, it seems like about every weight you get, you know, you you get up in Pennsylvania and Ohio, and obviously they're stacked. They're stacked three or four or five deep each weight. We we were probably two or three deep, but man, I mean, we got some good guys in Oklahoma. There's no there's no you know it's no surprise. I think when people come wrestle Oklahoma, they know they know they're in for it. For sure. They're just tough. Like, you know, you can go to all these little local tournaments in Oklahoma and get all you need, you know, which is a lot of people are going to have to travel for that. You know, that's the advantage of being in Oklahoma. We loved it right from the beginning. Right when we moved to Ponca, it was like we were we were home. But, yeah, we got to fish, hunt. I mean, we, we go did. to the lake in the summertime, you know. We've never really been around that. Hill Ponca, or Amarillo doesn't have all that. It's flat. You know, there's there's not really any lakes and – yeah, we we were in in heaven when we moved to Ponca. It was and it was it was it was cool, man. People were were nice, and and the wrestling community uh, took us in right away. Well, yeah, I remember you guys wrestling, and, and so what did you guys end up? You guys had a, what did you, you guys both have a couple state championships a, a piece or one and two? I mean, how did you guys end up in uh, your 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 high school careers? Um, Matt, me, Matt, I got I got first and second, third. You know, so yep. I won it. Won it, and then Mark won it twice and got second. second. So I went first, second, first. So, yeah. yeah. So what did your so that that's an interesting thing too. Like I always thought, you know, I mean, you always think about like if you had twins. Uh, I mean, what do you do when they're around the you know? Because in Oklahoma, say if you have a, if you have twins, that one of them say one nineteen, one twenty five, and and you guys are good. You guys are really good. But then you've got other guys around those weights, too, that are stacked as well. I mean, so what do you do? Like, what did your dad do whenever it came time to, I mean, if you're around the same weight, does one of you guys pull? Does one of you guys yeah, go I up? I mean, yeah. Mark, Mark's, yeah, Mark was really the one that, that pulled. I was, I've always been a little heavier than this. Matt's big. I've, I've always been about five to ten pounds heavier, especially when we got older. So Mark was always the one that, that had the sacrifice and, and the pulling part. Yeah, yeah, I remember Mark being a lighter, being a lighter weight. I always wondered that because, you know, you have to make decisions, obviously, when you're making, say, schoolboy, cadet, junior teams, or if you're going to – or just your high school team, right? So somebody's got to go – somebody's got to go up or down. Sure, yeah, definitely. 
it was it was and even when we were a little smaller i remember tournaments where where dad did put us in the in the same tournaments at the same weight and would end up um you know hopefully we didn't have to wrestle each other that they just end up in the finals together and we just we just flip a coin of who you know who won or whatever and not not wrestle because we end up if we wrestle we end up fighting yeah not being good we'd be fighting see i think i think that's what i would do too if i had twins and I'm like, okay, you guys are going the same weight for Tulsa Nationals. You're going the same weight for wherever. If you do make the finals, I think I do the same thing. You flip a coin because I don't want my, I wouldn't want my boys wrestling each other in the finals. I mean, I, I'd like them to be in the finals, but I, I wouldn't want them to wrestle. No, I mean, in reality, both medals are coming to the same household anyway, so it doesn't matter. You know, you don't want you don't want to create that. And, and in your psyche, at a younger age, that's why it wouldn't be good. That we almost divide the the, the family really and the brothers. You know, so it's better just to be like, oh, well, you know. We won. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. won. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys ended up from, from Ponca then. You guys had a lot of success there. And then I remember you guys, uh, you guys went to Iowa Central, right? Is that where you guys went right after yeah. high school? Yeah, man. And in reality, like, our uh, as far as our grades and, and everything like that, we, we didn't focus on it as, as as we should have going through high school, you know, um, it, uh, wrestling was always on, on the, was the kind of the main focus it was. So, um, we didn't, our grades weren't, weren't as high as they should have been for us to go to Oklahoma state or, you know, um, Iowa, Iowa or wherever, you know, at the time. So we had to go to a Juco right off the bat. Um, so what, so I, what, uh, what made you guys think, I mean, what, what other schools were you guys recruited by coming out of, of high school, I'm sure you guys were recruited by quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, we're we're recruited of uh, Oklahoma State, uh, OU, all the tops, I mean, Iowa, Iowa State. Uh, I mean, we remember talking to you know uh, at the time um, we we're talking to Space a lot every weekend, and we we're talking to um, Mark Branch who recruited us. He was, I guess, at the time uh, assistant coach. Or yeah, something. John's right hand man in the recruiting. So we were talking to all those guys. Um, at one point in time. That was the original plan is go to junior college for two years and then after that go to Division One. But, you know, like after that first year, I had a serious girlfriend, you know. and it's his wife now. Yeah. Anyway. She was at Oklahoma State. And so we went to Iowa Central at the time. And it was a complete shock to us. Yeah. I was – yeah, it's way out there. Cornfield, Fort Dodge, which is cool, you know, it's – but it, – the intensity of the practice and stuff were pretty crazy. And all those kids going into JUCOs, they're kind of in the same scenario as us. They're all, they all, the grades weren't to, to go D1. And so they're all D1 material, but they just weren't as far as their grades. So there, I mean, it was, it was a feeding frenzy. Like everybody was, it was, it was a tough, tough environment, which is good. I mean, we, we thrive in that, but it was, it was, it was a wild ride right at the beginning. So who was the coach at Iowa Central when you guys were there? Aust- Mark Ostrander. Okay. Yeah, he's cool. We like. Mark yeah, Ost- he's a cool. Oh, he's a cool. He's a cool coach. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember you guys were there. You guys were there when I was at Labette, and then I remember oh, you guys going to Central. Uh, you went to Central Oklahoma right when I transferred to Fort Hayes State. So, which man, Fort Hayes State's out in the middle of nowhere. I, I I now know what you guys were talking about at like Fort Dodge. I mean, when you go to Hayes, Kansas, you're you're, there's nothing. <laughs> no, I remember going to a trip to, to Hayes. I think we told you guys. Uh, yeah. One, yeah. You were. You're definitely out there in the middle of nowhere. Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah. So what? Um, so then from Iowa Central, you guys went to Central Oklahoma. What? What was? What was in that decision? What? Why did you guys choose the UCO over, you know, OU, OSU, or anybody else? Because we'd have had to go another year. Yeah, we'd have had to go another year for, to JUCOs to to go back to to go to Oklahoma State or go we were to Iowa. And... So, but after if we went one year at JUCOs, we could have transferred Division Two. Okay. So we, we we made a decision, and and in all that whole mix, we were talking to UCO too before you know we we knew we had to to make a decision on D1 and D2. And Sean Bateman was, which David James's assistant coach at the time, we we hit it off with him pretty good. The whole family loved him. And he was just he consistent in calling us. And he was just, I don't know. He read our bio really good. I mean, he knew that what we liked. I mean, he, he did his homework. He pulled up in a flatbed truck. And my- when we went on a recruiting trip and, and <laughs> picked this up in his, his uh is flatbed yeah it's like a 19 ford it was an 84 ford flatbed and he was like man he sold us he did he country boyed it up on us yeah he's a good dude though he's one of our our boys now (laughs) he's awesome man i like i like sean a lot i think he's a i think he's a great leader and i think he's I'll tell you what. So when we were first, when we were like when Rhett was first wrestling and, and Brant, his son wrestled, they've wrestled a few times, had some great matches. And, uh, I remember talking to Shane Roller and we we're sitting there. I said, the toughest coach I've ever had to coach against, like that is smart and really knows what they're doing. And, and you know, you're in for a battle is, is Sean Bateman. That guy knows how to coach, man. I mean, he <laughs> knows how to coach. Seriously. He is hard he to coach against. Yeah. Yeah. He- He's part. I mean, like he was my workout partner most of my senior year. Like me and him would just the whole time. If it weren't for Sean Bateman, I mean, I probably my like I probably wouldn't have done what I did in college, you know, because of him really. And he was a good motivator too. Like he kept you your morale good, and he kept you just going. And yeah. David too, though. Yeah, DJ was awesome too. Yeah, I mean, coaches. Our whole the whole UCO staff was awesome. We loved it at UCO, man. It was great for us. Well, Edmond's a good town, though, too. It, it, it really, I like, I like Edmond. Yeah, for sure. Edmond is awesome. Yeah, yeah. So then after, after UCO, then you guys, did you immediately start near fall or did you guys, did you guys get involved or work somewhere else or what, what was right after UCO for you guys? Man, no, we really, I mean, even through college, like luckily, um, you know, we, we obviously got through college, graduated college. We really didn't know. Exactly what we wanted to do, um, you know. Mark was wanting to go into, into coaching, and and for me, you know, I wanted to to do you know business. I, I kind of gravitated towards that more than anything, and so we we're kind of just trying to figure it out. Um, at the time, there was some wrestlers that were uh, in the mortgage industry for, and I'm, this is Matt speaking, um, and they came back. I remember like our senior year, and they they were all driving all these nice trucks and they're paying for all the wrestler stuff. And I'm like, man, what do you do? Like, well, I'm a mortgage consultant. I was like, and it was uh, one of our boys, Weston. And I said, that was shoot. Uh, you know, what do we need to do? What I need to do to do that? And he's like, you, as soon as you graduate, you give me a call. So I was like, okay. You know, as soon as I graduated, I gave him a call. He was up there in Dallas and, uh, it ended up getting me an opportunity to, uh, interview and to be a loan consultant. So, I moved to Dallas for two years um, to pursue that. And I moved to Amarillo. And Mark moved to Amarillo to be yep. uh, going to our dad's construction company. And so, you know, Mark's always been a 
hands-on kind of Mr. Fix-It, you know, and I never really was that Mr. Fix-It, but it's weird. You know, being twins, you'd think that you would always like the same things, you know, but he was, that's kind of what he did. And he went there and they flipped houses for three years. Yeah. Um, we had rental houses. We had rental houses. First. I mean, we started getting into the real estate stuff. And so I uh, I stayed in the mortgage industry for two years just to, and Dallas was, I liked it, but it was just, it was a little bit too fast paced, like the traffic and everything. I didn't, I liked it for the time that I was there, but I knew that, you know, eventually I wanted to be back where my family was. Right. You know, so I stayed there for two years. And then after that, I was like, okay, I want to, I know that once I got that two years in, um, I got that under my belt, I could get hired on, you know, any, any other bank anywhere else. So I, uh, Moved to Amarillo to be closer to the family, um, and then we started. We we played, and I don't know if you remember that we played music. Um, you know, we used to bring our guitars to the wrestling tournaments and stuff like that, and play guitars before we wrestled. Oh so yeah. We always kind of relaxed us really. Yeah, we always loved music. We always loved singing and stuff like that. So when we got back, you know, we weren't back for very long. We created a. We started playing acoustic and we created a band. Um, and played music so well what happened we wanted to we created this band we wanted it to, to represent who we were um, and we're wrestlers so yep. what we did we uh, both of us wrote down all the wrestling terms on a piece of paper um, and we're trying to figure out what our band name was going to be and so Mark wrote it and I wrote it and I mean a whole list of them yeah a whole list of them so I circled one Mark circled one and we came back in the same room and we both of us circled near fall Oh wow! Yeah, so our name Nearfall. Well, I mean, we we both thought it was a cool. I mean, it was. I said, well, I mean, that's the coolest name. It's like, and and it'll be cool to have it, you know, to represent us wrestlers being in music. But we play, man. We played a lot. I of mean, different. in our mind, we're gonna be the wrestler, you know, like the band Nearfall, like big, you know. We want, you know, I mean, you, especially you're, the limit. you're dreaming like that. You want to go as as high as you can go. But we played for a long time, um, and. You know, we we loved it, and we we're we're getting better at it and getting good at it. But then Mark Mark got married to his wife Nikki, and you know, being a newlywed, you know, in she the bars, she didn't like all that. And yeah, it, yeah. And you can understand that. So we we had to kind of put that on the back burner, you know. Um, and then at that time, the MMA, we've always been involved in in the MMA, and because in Amarillo, the 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 fight scene was really, really, really uh, at that time um, heavy. Like there's a lot of fighters that came before, in before, way before UFC and Pride and all that. They, it was in Amarillo. Like this started in Amarillo. So um, one of my dad's best friends, Steve Nelson, he started um, uh, fight the, the, the fight promotion in Amarillo. And this is before it was all sanctioned. They were open hand slap, basically slap fighting, kind of um, like Boss Root used to do. Oh yeah, US, yep. yeah, yeah. So it was a the, the uh, Evan Tanner came out of there. Uh, Paul Bontello. I mean, there's a bunch of guys. Heath Herring. Um, wow. But he tough dudes. Tough dudes there. Oh yeah. So we were and we were growing up when we were little. I mean, yeah, of course. The the natural transition is to be a fighter after. So that's a weird. That was kind of a point in our plans too, is to fight after. So we'd go to all those fights anyway. Um, we, we basically. Uh, at that time, there wasn't uh, tapped out. Kind of first started, um, we started seeing it, and people were wearing it. And there wasn't really a brand other than the brands that were, you know, in wrestling at the time, Root and and uh, Cliff King, and that was pretty much it. And mm-hmm. and 
So we were like, where's the wrestling brand? Like, where's something that, that, you know, these fighters that are wrestlers, why aren't they wearing something, you know, that represents wrestling? So, um, you know, we're like, we need, oh, and rewinding back a little bit right out of college, I'll tell you what, uh, I actually got a job um, with a buddy of mine. You know Micah Copeland? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know Micah. I see. So Copeland was um, managing at Abercrombie. Mm-hmm. So he was a, the manager in Oklahoma City at the Abercrombie in Oklahoma City. Um, before, okay, maybe it was after. Okay, no, it was after I got out of the mortgage industry. I uh, I wanted uh, Copeland was like, hey man, move to Oklahoma City and I'll uh, I'll get you a job as as an, uh, uh, my assistant manager at Abercrombie. And I was like, really? And I was like, yo. And so he he hooked me up with a job at Abercrombie, and I I managed uh, the Abercrombie quilt uh, quilts. Springs Mall for a year. Yep. Okay. And so I loved it. I thought it was a blast. Like I had a good time with it. And we're always, we've always been kind of, uh, you know, know aware of fashion and, and, you know, what's cool, what's not cool and what we like, what we didn't like. So it was perfect for me. I went in there and uh, it was easy for me to transition into the, the fashion scene in Abercrombie. Abercrombie is kind of athletic looking, you know, look sure. at the time. So anyway, I got that experience, and and that kind of gave us a little bit of a. Um, whenever we did decide, hey, there's not a brand that really represents, that, you know, we need to do something about it. We uh, we were hanging out one night. Mark and I were um, fast forward. Um, you know, after, it was 2009. Yeah, uh, 2008, 2009. We decided, hey man, let's see what we need to do to to trademark um, Nearfall as a brand, a wrestling mm-hmm. brand. And so we went through, um, you know, at the time we didn't have the money to, to, to trade, to trademark or anything like that. So we had to, we, we hired a, an attorney, a trademark attorney to answer all of our questions and stuff like that. And so we, the attorney, attorney was like, Hey, uh, so we're like, basically we could do this ourselves. He's like, yeah, basically. Um, but he, we use them as a, um, he counseled us through the whole process. We got it trademarked. We didn't even say anything to anybody for like a whole year. I mean, the trademark process takes a, a while. Oh, it yeah, does. We, it does. We were, we were holding our cards cl- close to our heart, you know, until that year came about. And then we are like, man, as soon as we got it trademarked, we were, we were like, okay, we'll do something. So um, we first started selling at um, uh, events, you know, close to Amarillo, which is Panhandle Nationals. We had... I remember we, uh, it's kind of a weird deal how it all turned out. We were going to an MMA gym at the time. Um, we were doing jiu-jitsu and stuff, and the, the owner of the gym had bought all this screen printing equipment and never used it. So we were... Um, he was wanting a deck built by my dad, so we're like, you know what? We just traded it out for all the deck, and it ended up working out. Well, he he knew that we were... We were he was like, oh, you guys are wanting to start, you know, near fall this clothing company. He goes, I got a bunch of equipment. He goes, and I know that you guys got a construction company too. He goes, would you guys be willing to trade out some, some work for this equipment? And we're all, well, yeah. You know? Yep. yep. Yeah. So we traded him out this deck for the screen printing equipment, and then we had to figure out how to screen print. You should have seen all of our first shirts, man. I mean, like, they are crooked and, like, oh, they were <laughs> Yeah, it was it was it was so much fun though. I mean, we had a blast just going in there, like to we create. Were, yeah, we were able to to just create whatever we wanted. 
And so we were, uh, we were, and, and for the first couple of years, it was, it was definitely not the best product. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you know, that's, we bought Rhett, we brought him in, Jesse, we bought him some, some, uh, some near fall stuff. And the quality, man, I mean, the, the shirts are amazing though. Like I'm talking like the, the, the material, you know, you can buy shirts wherever you want, but when you, when we bought the near fall shirts, it's, I don't know how to describe it, but it, there's, there's a fitness to it. It's, it's just good quality. You know, there's really good quality shirts. Well, we appreciate that. It's been many so, years. In the- yeah, so so you guys, I mean, you, well, you've been in the mortgage industry. It was hot. I think when you were in it, I'm sure, just listening to the timeline, I remember, I mean, it was loose. I mean, it, almost anybody could get a mortgage at, at that time. So it was, it was a hot market. I mean, I know I remember the real estate market here in Tulsa was just on fire. I mean, and it is right now, too. I think it's come back. The real estate market in Tulsa is awesome. I think it's a little tighter to get a mortgage than it used to be, especially if you're self-employed or a business owner. But at that time, I mean, a person can make a, a, a good amount of money being in the mortgage industry, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And they did. Yeah, and we, when I got into it, well, it was, it was as loose as it could get, basically. Yeah. Um, and... And a lot of the guys were making hand over fist. And, and when you're young, that young, I mean, making any kind of money out there, you feel like you're a, you know, thirty thousand dollar millionaire. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, oh, it was buddy. hilarious. Like all, and you know all these guys, Mickey Henry. He had know, an Audi. He bought an Audi. Like we all, we all were buying vehicles we couldn't afford. Oh, oh yeah, I remember it, man. I remember. I mean, everybody and their dog. If, I mean, they were working at big corporations, and they were, it was like literally they were turning in their their two weeks' notice and becoming either a mortgage broker or they were becoming a real estate agent. It was one or the other. I mean, all the wrestlers I knew, I mean, it was like, you know, when I went to look at a house, it was you could just pick it, whatever wrestler you want is going to take you to look at a house or, and get a mortgage at the time. It was, it was crazy. I mean, and, you know, and the other thing is I would rather work with a wrestler. I mean, uh, you know, my dentist is a wrestler. I mean, I would rather work in a wrestler uh, in anything uh, than than somebody else. I mean, I think it was Dave Schultz used to say that. Like every his mortgage broker, his accountant, they're all wrestlers, you know. And he knew they'd do a good job. He knew they were hard workers. So, but just seeing you guys out doing what you're doing, I mean, you work hard, man. You guys are at every major tournament, like Tulsa Nationals and Kickoff, and I think I've seen you at Panhandle Nationals and some of the bigger tournaments and that's what it takes. So I guess the next question is, do you see that? Do you see, I mean, I, I think we're story in the media part of, of wrestling, you got flow and track. And I still think there's a void there though. I still think that there's, that the media can even be better. I think you're starting to see podcasts coming out. You and I, I talked to you guys about that before we got on this podcast. I think you guys are big. You guys would be killer in the podcast. I, I personally think, but uh, I guess the question though is, do you see, the apparel, uh, the apparel business, and then also the media in wrestling. Do you think it's just starting at we're at the very beginning of it? Oh, definitely. There's the always going to be room for. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, those, you know, the flows and, and and the track, you know, they do what what they do. You know, that's only like a select, um, you know, just like anything. People want variety, and people, other people have a lot more things to say. Mm-hmm. You know, or they they can be more cre- or different. They can be creative in a different way, to where they're getting different content than what they're getting. You know. Yeah. But yeah. It it uh. So to, so to answer your question, I think yeah, definitely. There's definitely room for 
for girls because it's just at the very beginning, I think. Well, I think, and, and not nothing against flow, but I mean, when you, I think when somebody comes along and they're, they actually have wrestled, like they're wrestlers that have had, I mean, you know, they mm-hmm. understand the ins and the outs of wrestling that maybe nobody else just understands. You can't, wrestling is a very interesting sport because you have people who have been in it and around it their whole lives and you just can't, um, you can't understand what they understand because they've, they've cut the weight. They started at a young age or maybe didn't start at a young age, but they've, they've cut the weight. They put the time in. They've, they've had the call flare and the broken noses and injuries and they went down and had to come back up, you know, and, and the, the struggles and the, and, and everything. And when someone comes out uh, that has that type of experience uh, and they, and, and maybe even going into MMA too, um, I think they could have one heck of a media company. I mean, if you look, if you look at like my, well, just for example, like the UFC guys that are commentators now, like Michael Bisping and uh, uh, just some of those guys, Daniel Cormier, they can speak intelligently about what's really going on because they've actually done it. You exactly. Know? No, you're right. It's uh, in a lot of the wrestlers and people, wrestlers can relate to them a lot better than they can be somebody that's just a, uh, um, a voice behind, you know, a company that's not, didn't originate in wrestling stuff. You yeah. Know, they, people are like, oh man, these are guys, they got, no. They, yeah, they, they, been, they, they grew, grew up, they grew up doing it or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I, I just think for all the opportunity, which they're doing a great job and they, you know, they do a good job and, uh, you know. But they do, but there's, you know, there's, like you're saying, other wrestlers that, that can relate directly to wrestlers and, you know, yeah, and then we and we and we've got personalities. I mean, we've got the personality. I mean, wrestling. You know that there's wrestlers. They got personalities, right? They they can do they they can do media and not and they, and they love it. I mean, uh, they have that. There's some wrestlers have some flamboyant personalities and can do really well. <laughs> and and I think and I think you know, again, like what you guys were saying. I think Flo has been a great. And it's not a slight towards them. What I'm saying. I think Flo has done a great job, and they've really in some ways, uh, pioneered bringing media. They were one of the first. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, they're in Austin, I guess. So when you bring, you're in a tech hub, you can bring technology and media into a place that just hasn't had it. I mean, we just, we haven't had uh, anybody come in and do it. I think that's where you'll see podcasting and vlogging and, you know, video vlogging and things like that. I think you're going to start to see that, you know, more and more. I think you'll even see wrestlers do it because it doesn't take a lot of time to actually sit down and do like what you and I are doing. You guys and I are, it doesn't take much time to do it. And, uh, you guys have something unique to say that, you know, maybe other people don't, it's coming from a different perspective. Well, and, and the young wrestlers, you know, they're, they're hungry for, you know, mentor. Yeah. They need, they need people to, you know, maybe to, to help them, you know, in areas that, that, you know, some of them don't have big brothers. Some of them don't have father figures and someone that, that they've, They've already been there. They've they've been through, you know, the areas that the young wrestlers haven't been. They can maybe guide them or give them some information or give them some encouragement or give them little tips or something that'll help them, you know. So I think, you know, there's a need in that area too. Sure, sure. Well, so the last question, then I'll let you guys go. Um, So what is, you know, parlaying. So you, you you had to work your tail off in wrestling, and and now I didn't know you guys were in the more you're in the mortgage and the construction, but so that's that's hard work too. And then you know you then you go right into um, you know starting near fall. What is you know I guess in in wrestling 
it's easier. I guess, you know, Dan Gable used to say it like, you know, once you wrestle and everything else in life's pretty easy. And it's probably not easy. That's probably not the right. I mean, nothing's easy. But once you've wrestled, I mean, it makes it a little easier, you know. And so when you've taken on this entrepreneurial endeavor, how did wrestling, the hard work, how did it transfer over into the business world for you guys? Man, I think that uh, as far as the work ethic, definitely, um, you know, it, it, it helped us out completely. Like, we would definitely not be where we are you know, aside from wrestling. But I think it just, um, early on, it, it just developed our work ethic. And then also... Just like the discipline. Yeah, yeah. And, and kind of seeing where we wanted to be. Like, when you're young, you know, your goal is to be a state champ. You know, and then whenever you become a state champ, your goal is to be a national champ. So once we had kind of put in our mind, this is what we want to do, we knew that we were going to work and we're not going to give up regardless if we take a loss or if we have a, a, a something not set back. Because, I mean, in wrestling, like, there's not – not. A, I mean, very seldom do you have a wrestler that never loses. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you know, we've had our losses, but it's how you bounce back and, and what you do after is what matters. And so I think that when we – you know, we've come to the heartbreaking losses in our wrestling careers where we had to dust ourselves off and, and go back at it, and, 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 and life goes on. So I think that's what kind of helped us out with an air fall is we, we've adapted. You know, we've, we've changed. We've made ourselves better, and same with wrestling. You've got to become better than you were yesterday to, to be where you want to be. You, you gotta, You're only as good as your last win. You yeah, and, and, and if you, you know, you're getting taken down, you know, from someone, you know, shoots a, a, a certain move on you, well, you got to figure out how, how to uh, defend it. You know, it's uh, same with same with in business. Like, hey, if this didn't work, well, what do we do to make it work? And what do we do where it, it's not we're not going to have to go through that again? You know, and I think it's just it set the foundation basically. It did completely. We, we see, you know, see, yeah, I think that's I think that's awesome. what you guys are saying is awesome because I think that's true. Like, I don't think it's being taught in wrestling enough. Like in business, you want to you want to fail fast and get a, get the failures over quick because that way. I mean, the faster you can fail or, you know, get the failures uh, out of the way, the, the quicker you can start to have success. And I think we're, we're taught so much in maybe in the schools and, and maybe even in wrestling, too, that there's so much pressure on not failing. But then when you get in business, your job is, is to, to find your niche. And, to, and the only way you're going to do that is to fail pretty quick. So then you, you know what not to do real fast, you know, because the longer you drag that on, the longer you're going to bleed in business. And that, you know, obviously cash flow is king, right? So um, I think, and I've taught, read that in wrestling too, that, you know, you we're going to, I mean, you have to know your weaknesses pretty quick. That way you can work on them a little bit. And um, you're going to have losses. And, and maybe we put too much pressure on kids, you know, to have success rather than, rather than just get good at the sport and good at your craft. And then so you can become extremely good, you know? Yeah. No, nah, definitely. I, I, I believe that to be true. And the kids put enough pressure on themselves. Right. You know. Right. The parent putting added pressure. That I mean, that, if anything, that it it hurts their spirit. You know. So well, I think you're I, right. said, I said that was gonna be the last question, but that that brings me to, to one more. Um, so when you tra- <laughs> when, <laughs> when you travel around at these big tournaments, you probably don't get to spend a whole lot of time watching wrestling because you guys are you're running your business. But do you see that a lot? I mean, do you see, like, I mean, do you see, say, from when we wrestled, 
to now where where we are today. Because uh, wrestling, you know, we have social media, we have phones, we have. Do you think the pressure has gotten greater? Has become greater on kids from parents? I mean, do you see that at these bigger bigger tournaments, uh, or do you think it's it's the same? I mean, what do you, do you think it's gotten greater? I guess. I think it's it's bigger because there's more eyes, like you said, the phone, the social media is. Uh, that's that's adding pressure that was not there before. Because back in our time, no one had a phone watching you wrestle. No one even knew who you were until you went and wrestled them in in their events or something. You know. So yeah, yeah. I think I think the pressure, the immediate pressure, is on the kids because they're like, you know, they know that someone's videotaping is going to go live or this and that. But the parents, there's some craziness out there on some of these things totally. that are. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I remember it back in the day, it, it happening, but I think now everybody's, you know, trying to vicariously live through their kids, and some of those kids are just hating it. Well, you know? I noticed that. I noticed that too. Like with Red, I've let him. He's had great, great coaches, but I notice any time that because we're all competitors, and one of these days you guys are gonna, you'll understand that too. You guys have kids or whatever. You'll, you'll you have to pull yourself back from it because it, re- it is really easy when you start seeing them have that success. It's kind of like feeding the monster, right? You want more success. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's, um, I do, I go to these national tournaments, man. And I'm like, my gosh, I mean, we're talking, I mean, especially the six, eight, 10 year olds, even 12 year old kids. I mean, there's guys that you, you and I both, you guys, and we both know that didn't start till they were 12, 13, 14 years old to become extremely good wrestlers. And so, I, I think you can see that in a kid. They'll wilt. I mean, some of them with all that pressure, and you're going, man, that that kid could have been. If their parents weren't, you know, they weren't as crazy as they were about putting so much pressure on these kids. Could end up being just amazing. But you can't stop it. I mean, they're going to do what they're going to do. These parents, you know what I mean? They're going to. Yeah, there's nothing we can do to stop it. I know it's sad it's though. Heartbreaking to see it too, because you know? you're like, man, like, and, and we, you know, probably so many kids that were phenomenal wrestlers when they're young. And then when they get older, they're burnt out, completely burnt out, and they quit. And then they try to come back later, and it's too late. It is. You know? And it's man, it, it, it's a cycle. It's a cycle. Well, I, and it's a, it's a. There's just a recipe of you know when to push, when not to push, you know, and when to let off. I, I think mean, David and, and, and Sean David did a good job doing that. You know, no, you know, no one to push you and when to to ease off. I think that's a lot of it. And, yeah. Uh, oh. Anyway. Well, yeah, about you guys as a result and as a team, you guys obviously, they, you guys, you and, and them were obviously doing something right. I mean, you know, it showed by the results that the team was getting in also you guys. I remember those, those days you guys had two good teams. And so, anyways, well, where can, uh, where can people get a hold of you guys? Uh, do you guys have a website? Yeah, our website is nearfallclothing.com. And then okay. our, uh, Facebook is, is nearfall. And then our Instagram clothing and we're pretty active on the facebook and instagram you know quite a bit not so much twitter but um instagram heavily and then uh, so yeah you guys can check us out there and uh send us a message or you know we'll uh we'll respond awesome and you guys is home base right now you're where you're you got a building i guess right you're right there in uh, amarillo texas yes sir yeah we've got our warehouses in, in amarillo we got a store front amarillo um, so, so if you're coming through Colorado, whatever, give us a shout. Yeah, if you guys are coming through, any wrestlers, come through, check us out, and come hang out for a little bit. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on. I mean, I like I said, I like talking to – it's easy to talk to wrestlers, uh, but then the next step is when you get wrestlers who have been entrepreneurs and are still entrepreneurs and doing a good job, 
Uh, it's fun. I think you guys would, I think you guys would kill it if you guys had your own podcast. You're twins. You have the marketability. Um, I think you guys would do really good, but I appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, Matt and Mark Dodgen from Nearfall. Thank you guys. Oh, thanks, Josh. Appreciate you, brother. All right. You guys have a good day. You too. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, yeah.